Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Texas Outlaw Running Talk Show. This is your host, Briston Rains. And today we have Jenny Gwynn. She went and ran the Bryce Canyon 100, 100 miles in Bryce Canyon over in Utah. Crazy story. But before we hop into that, I want you guys to do one thing. Do a huge favor. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, scroll down and leave a five-star rating, preferably a five-star rating, but leave an honest rating down below. And also, guys, we have a Patreon if you want to donate $2 a month to help the show out. It's all going to be in the link in the description. And basically, what that Patreon is going to allow us to do is just keep the show up and running and allow us to have more guests and put out more podcasts and episodes on the Texas Outlaw Running Talk Show. Uh, but that's pretty much everything we got as far as the intro. So, Jenny, the Bryce Canyon 100... Why? 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 <laughs> what made you want to do a hundred miles in Utah? <laughs> well, it actually um, this journey started years ago. My first fifty miler was Bryce Canyon, and the Dallas Dirt Runners. We took a big group to uh, Bryce Canyon, and there was a group of us that ran the fifty miler, a couple that ran a hundred, and some of the shorter distances too. And I always, once I finished that, and it was so incredibly hard. I, I was like, you know, if I ever run, I, if I ever run another hundred or if I ever run a hundred, that's the hundred that I want to run. So we ended up, um, driving through Zion national park on the way home. And I was like, this place is beautiful. I want to run a race here. And so uh, my friend, Nikki Davis was like, well, sign up for the hundred K. And I was like, let's do it. But then I ended up signing up for the hundred miler and ran that and finished it. And I said, well, if I ever ran another hundred miler, it was going to be at Bryce. There's just something about Utah, the beauty, the rawness of the country. It's just absolutely gorgeous. And it's brutal. It's unforgiving, but, um, there's no other place I'd much rather get lost in the wilderness <laughs> and run a hundred miles than in Utah. So yeah, yeah Utah, that's why, that's Utah why it was Bryce. <laughs> yeah. Utah. It looks so amazing out there. And, um, I'm curious on how you trained for it because you live like Louisville, Texas area, right? Yeah. And there's yes. flat. We got a bunch of cows, hills, a bunch of buildings. If like near, you're near Dallas. Um, so like training going into it, you want to tell us about that? Actually, you know, Greg, um, with Ninja coaching, he is my coach and he does a lot of really good hill focused work. So during the week, I always had a day where I did hill repeats and there's this Windhaven Hill in uh, Plano, bottom part of the colony in Plano. And it was just like hill repeats, just up that. Um, A lot of time spent at Cedar Ridge Preserve down in South Dallas because there's a lot of elevation there. So many hours out there. And then the next place where I spent most of my time was out at, uh, cross timbers out on Lake Texoma and just running back and forth through there. And that's really the only place you can get a lot of elevation, but, um, just as many Hills as possible, trying to find the most rugged, um, terrain. And that's a lot of time on a treadmill. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah, like the place to go around North Texas or just, anywhere if you want to get very cross timbers is the place like it really is and you know it's just so scenic out there and it's beautiful and it's unforgiving as well and when you're out there you're pretty much having to be self-supported so I feel like it really mirrors what it would be like you know on the more difficult trail runs because you're just out there and if something happens you're 
going to have to figure it out. <laughs> You're going to have to yeah. figure out how to get back to your car and logistics of carrying all of your supplies and your nutrition and all your hydration with you and just working through anything that comes along the way. I feel like that that's just a really good place to go. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I cross timbers guys. If any of you listening in some other States, if y'all come to Dallas area, go check out cross timbers. Awesome trail. Um, but so what I want to know is what's your, what's your like deep down, what's your, why, what, what pushes you to, you know, go and run these hundred mile distances? What motivates you to train for stuff like this? And when things get tough, what do you go to? What do you think back on? Well, you know, what's funny is I actually didn't even start running until, seven years ago when I had my son. In fact, I hated running. I was always made the joke that the only way you find me running is if you were chasing me. And then I had my son and the only way he would sleep is if he was in his stroller. So the only time I was able to get time was to push him in the stroller. And then I started, I did the couch to 5k. And then one of my good friends, Kirsten Gerard, she had told me, well, why don't you just try to run a little bit further? And then uh, trained for my first half marathon and did that. And then she introduced me to trail runs and took me to um, grasslands half. And that was my first half marathon. And then once I first half marathon on trails, and once I did that, I was like, oh goodness, it's over. Like, this is, this is amazing. Just being on out in the country and just being out in nature and just all by yourself. And then the challenges that come up along the way, and then just the feeling of accomplishment when you're done. And then you get to drink beer when you're done. I was like, what is this? This is just absolutely amazing. And I'm not a fast runner. I like to go slow. So trail running is really kind of up my alley. But then I met these crazy people with, you know, Dallas dirt runners and they're all doing hundred milers. And I was like, that sounds cool. Let's try that out. And so (laughs) (laughs) which <laughs> just when you surround yourself by crazy people, you realize that, Hey, that's not so crazy. Yeah. I think I could actually do that. And, um, knowing that there's people there that will support you and wants to support you and wants to encourage you. Um, yeah. that's truly just really what it's about is just being part of that community. And that's really what inspired me to want to run the longer distances, but I'm also a really stubborn person. I'm pretty much too stubborn to quit on a lot of things. So, uh, that's that's what, that's where my drive comes when I continue is it's like, I've been through harder things. I can finish this. That's awesome. Yeah. You just don't quit. Yeah. Um, but the community, like huge shout out to Dallas dirt runners. I joined their Facebook group. It's so fun. Like I love just going through the feed every day as people like getting at each other or, um, (laughs) there's like some kid in there or not kid. He's actually 30 now, but like he like, runs all these crazy distances without training or something. I forgot his name. Andrew. Yes. Andrew, yeah. <laughs> Andrew Marvin. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just like the community aspect of it is like super pulling. Um, and, you know, I really love that and how everybody just pushes each other. And, you know, with trail running in general, I think the community is like one of the biggest parts of it and everybody just kind of connecting and doing all this crazy, dumb, dumb things, running a hundred miles through Bryce Canyon. Um, but yeah, it's really awesome though. So go ahead and take us to like the morning of Bryce Canyon. Like what time did you wake up? So I woke up around three o'clock. It's, it's about a 30 minute drive from our Airbnb to the start. And so they encouraged you to be there an hour early because it's a dirt road in that's basically one way. 
And so they really tried to encourage you to get there early. But I, I woke up at three and really tried to get my mind wrapped around what was about to happen because I just knew I wasn't going to sleep for a really long time. But I mean, the night before 100, you can't sleep anyways. <laughs> like, there yeah. really is no sleeping. I woke up, I think, every like 30 minutes thinking I'd missed my time. Um, and so I, you know, ate some oatmeal and tried to force a bagel down. And then I just tried to drink a lot of water to start hydrated. And then we just headed down to the race and um, had to hugly, I mean, quickly hug my, the person who dropped me off, my friend Kirsten and just went up to the start and it was really cold. It was um, in the thirties and there was what? no, cause it, there's a burn ban right now. So there was no uh, fires or anything. So it was really yeah. cold. And then they started the rolling start and we just started off and it was, it just kind of hit me. I was like, whoop, I'm out here for at least 36 hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a long time on your feet. Yeah. And that's really all I kept telling myself. 36 hours, Virginia, 36 hours. You got 36 hours to do this. You, you can do this. <laughs> yeah. 36 hours. Yeah. That's awesome. So like, did you have like, I, I, I'm sure you've had like a crew out there. Um, mm -hmm. You want to tell us about your crew, kind of who was on yes. it and uh, um, how helpful they were? Oh, they were amazing. What makes this race hard is you see your crew at mile 13 and then you see them at 19 and then you don't see them again until 57. Oh, wow. So yeah. I, something about me is I'm known for getting sick. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, there was a nickname that I was called throw up a lot. Uh, because I, I really just, for some reason, sometimes can't get my nutrition figured out. And I actually DNF'd at watch top 50 last month and just because I could not stop throwing up. And so I knew that I had to have everything in order by mile 19, because if I didn't that stretch of time that I wasn't going to see my crew, like it, it was going to be bad. So I just really made sure that I was hydrating between liquid IV and, um, water because we switch, I switched to liquid IV because, um, it doesn't have sugar in it. And I think the sugar, sugar from Gatorade and the tailwind was also contributing to an upset stomach. Yeah. And so I just made sure that when I saw Kirsten in each of those, she was like, are you drinking? Are you drinking? I was like, yes. And then, um, are you eating? So she would force food down me. So that was the main goal is those first two stops with her is just to make sure, Jenny, are you on top of your eating and drinking? Are you on top of your eating and drinking? What else do you need to do? Let's force some food down on you. And then um, gave my friend Kirsten a quick hug at mile 19 and then knew I wasn't going to see them again until night falls. But at mile 57, it was just so great to come in. It was dark. It was starting to get cold just to see them parked right there. And, um, so then you see, then I picked up my first pacer and, um, it was just great to have someone else on the trail to spend time with. Uh, and so that part of this course is really hard cause it's like a five mile, almost straight up and then five miles down to an aid station. And then you turn around and go back up five miles and back down five miles. Wow. <laughs> so I feel like a piece of me died out there. I feel like it was funny because my pacer, when she joined me, she's like, I love these climbs. This is amazing. And then by the end, she's like, this is just ridiculous. <laughs> That's funny. I, was like, I was like, Heather, I thought you liked the climbs. She's like, no. she's like, I did, but this is a killer. Yeah. Yeah. I think the funniest part is whenever, which I haven't had this yet, but I've heard of other people where they have pacers and they end up dragging their pacer around with them and they're the ones racing. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really funny though. 
Um, yeah. So she uh, came in and then I got my new pacer and um, Kirsten, who had been crewing me most of the day, she joined me and uh, we, she helped, she started at mile, uh, goodness, it was like 76 or 78. And then she finished um, the race with me. But, you know, when I ran my first hundred, I actually did drop my pacer at the very end. Oh, really? And <laughs> I like sprinted towards the finish line. Cause I was like sub 28 when one of the guys I was running with, he's like, Jenny, you're about to get a sub 28. And I was like, what? And I like took <laughs> off, but there was awesome. none of dropping any pacers at this race because I developed um, a side lean and we, I talked to my coach and we still can't figure out what caused it. Some, some ultra runners get it. Some don't, they really that. don't, don't know the science behind it, but yeah. the more, the quicker I moved, the more I became like handicapped. <laughs> it was bad. But, yeah, I saw the video of you finishing. Uh, <laughs> it looked like you're, <laughs> it looked like a true ultra runner and trying to finishing right there. It looked like you just like gutted it out. Well, you know, um, it yeah. didn't hurt. That's the good thing. That's good. It just, yeah. my back just felt really tight. Nothing hurt, but it, and I didn't even realize I looked that, that I was that crooked because <laughs> I knew I was crooked and I would try to stand up and then it was just like, to the side. <laughs> yeah. And, um, it wasn't until I saw pictures, I was like, holy smokes. I was, I really had the ultra lean going on. <laughs> yeah, the ultra lean. Yeah. That's the phrase we're going to give it the ultra lean. You know, something I noticed is when you're climbing vert, I don't know why, I don't know if it's just me, but like your lower back starts to like tighten up. Like it's like a lot of back muscle. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, if anybody's listening, if you're training for a hundred mile with a lot of vert, go to the gym, do some back workouts. Oh best, yes. And luckily advice. Greg had me doing a lot of core and because one thing to know about Greg as a coach is he's not a high mileage coach. So he doesn't focus on high mileage. He really focuses on becoming, you know, a well-rounded athlete. Like when I train with him, I do not get injured. Um, I feel like I'm stronger mentally and just physically overall. Um, but I'm not beat down from the consistent, like overuse of miles. And so, um, he had me doing a lot of workouts and also incorporated yoga every single day. So I felt like my core was a lot stronger than it ever had been. Uh, but I think it just was, you know, it was a lot, <laughs> it was, it was yeah. a lot <laughs> of climbing. <laughs> yeah. I, man, Greg, like I such an awesome guy. I've had him on the show twice and, um, we just had him on for, about the Coca-Dona mm -hmm. and he, he was running like, 20 30 miles a week going into the coca 250 and he pulled it off yep. um but i i love like hearing about how he trains people when it works it works it works for him and everybody he trains um and it's really awesome so no it works it definitely yeah. um i've just have seen my progression as a stronger runner and um just have been really impressed with my performances and um and i really think that's just a, you know, attributed to just his overall plan of just really focusing on building a strong body. It's not about the miles, it's about time on feet, but it's also about the time and effort you put in into all the other workouts. Like with him, if you miss the other workouts, there's problems. Like you can't say, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to go run the three miles. No, you have to do it all. So really, you know, typically in the past I would run you know, every day, but with him, I was working out every day, about two to three hours. And it was between, you know, doing some sort of workout, some sort of spinning, some sort of cross training, if it was running. And then on top of that with yoga, which was always 30, 45 minutes. So there was always something going on. So it was good. Yeah. I think we yeah, trained well awesome. and smart. 
Yeah. Yeah. I love Greg. That guy is so cool. Um, so I was reading your like kind of recap on mm-hmm. Facebook and you talked about some hallucination. I'm interested. I love hearing about ultra running hallucinations. I don't know why. So tell me about your hallucinations. So we, we come up on the top of the mountain. It was right after I picked up my friend Heather and we had just hiked up five miles up and we get to the top of this hill and we look over and there's this like huge like red orangish circle and i'm i'm saying like heather what is that and i start walking towards and she's like you're gonna fall off the cliff stop walking and i said but what is it i said is that the moon she's like that's not the moon i was like is that a tent on the side of a mountain so we both stood there then we walked on and we kept standing there and she's like i think it's the returning of christ (laughs) this is it this is it and then someone (laughs) Like, someone nonchalantly comes up behind us and we're like, is, what is that? And he's like, it's the moon. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. We're like, oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that's the moon. Just the moon. <laughs> wow. That, that's crazy though. <laughs> I told uh, I was like, I've never had hallucinations. This is a hallucination. That thing's huge. And then we even tried to like take a picture of it on my phone and yeah. it didn't even do it justice. And I was like, well, maybe we really are hallucinating. Then that guy came up behind me and he's like, yeah, it's, it's just the man. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm confused. What's up with the phone thing? Like when the stars are out, I want to take a picture of the Milky way <laughs> and you would think the new iPhones would have like, you know, image quality to where you could take a picture, but you can't. That's what I was surprised about because I always said the, the phones are such good quality now when it takes photos. And I took the phone and I was like, that doesn't, that's not what, that's definitely not what we're seeing right now. So I was a little, because I was like, this would be an awesome picture. No one's going to believe me that the moon looked like that. So. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, if anyone from Apple is listening, hey, y'all fix y'all's cameras. Yeah. To where you can take pictures of the beautiful night sky. Yes. Our, uh, the, us wilderness people, we want to take the better <laughs> pictures of what's happening in the galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so did y'all see any like wild animals out there? Did y'all see any like we we saw a deer and then we saw this beautiful fox right before we finished. He ran okay. down and across and um he was really cool. The scariest thing was when because you know bears are common at Bryce and Nikki Davis um a couple years ago before we had taken that DDR trip to do the 50 miler, um, she actually was on the trail and there was a bear. So she had actually seen a bear and I'd kind of forgotten all about that. And I was completely by myself between a stretch of an aid station. It was like a six and a half mile stretch. And the guys that were in front of me were gone and there was really no one behind me. And I hear this noise and it's very loud go across the trail. And I was like, Oh man, maybe, maybe I'm closer to the runners in front of me than I thought. Maybe somebody had to, you know, go to the bathroom off the trail. And Then I hear it continue down and I look over and these eyes are just staring back at me. I'm like, oh my gosh. But then I looked closer and they seemed little. It's like, okay, I don't think it's a bear, but I don't know if it's a fox. I don't know if it's a mountain lion or what it is, but it just kept staring at me. And I was like, nope, I've got to go. I've got to go. And then I just, it hit me how vulnerable I was because anything could happen and I could get dragged into the woods and no one would know where I was. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, the only thing I've really heard about like animals, like touching any trail runners was that popular video of the mountain lion coming down on that guy. Um, that was actually, crazy. I think in Colorado, this was like last year, but some guy like 
killed a mountain lion with his own two hands or something, right? Yes. You, yeah. Well, and there was a couple years ago, there was a runner who was actually attacked at Jemez. Oh, really? They, I mean, it was like not the Jemez trail run, but it was another trail run in the area, I think. And they were actually attacked. Um, but I mean, it can happen anywhere. I've, you know, I've gone on solo runs up in Canada, not even thinking about all the dangers in there. And then I find out yeah. afterwards that there's like all sorts of bears in the area and it's actually discouraged to go by yourself on, on the mountain. Yeah. I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I'm happy. I found out that after I was done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've heard. So like in, I think in the Denton area, I, I heard of some coyotes like harassing some runners or something like yes. that in North Texas. Yeah. Did you hear about that? That mm-hmm. was, I think yeah, that was that last was- year kind of near Salina area. Um, and it was even in Frisco. They were, um, they were, in the neighborhoods attacking runners along one of the the main streets that you just you just never know how animals are gonna react yeah yeah north texas running is so crazy you got you got cross timbers you got the dallas dirt runners and then you got coyotes attacking you in Frisco. so <laughs> just never know it's always an adventure <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 insane though um so like during the race mm-hmm. what point did it like like hit you like this hurts i'm gonna have to push through this like what mile um i think you know brian mckinney always told me that the race and i remember this was before my first hundred and i when you're looking at the pacing charts you're always like ah once i reached mile 75 80 it's all downhill from there you know you're there's but i'll be honest the race doesn't start until mile 75 or 80 that really after 80 is when it gets tough because everything hurts. You're completely exhausted and you still know you still have 20 miles to go. And um, I think it was about mile 85, 86. It was one of the last major aid stations. I knew I still had three very challenging climbs in front of me. And one in particular that was going to be very hard because I, still had like PTSD from doing it the first time going down it. So I knew going back up, it was going to be hard. And I feel like that that was the hardest part of the race, knowing that I had, like, I knew that I had to mentally power through to get through those next three climbs. And, um, I think that was one of the only times I would stop on the trail and my pacer in front of me, I was like, I don't, I really don't think I can do this. And she's like, well, you have no choice. So you have to get off the trail. You have to keep moving. Just, put your head down, power through. And I was like, this, I just can't do this anymore. But I would say between mile 88 and 95 was when it hit. It was like, oof. yeah, yep. This is it. <laughs> yeah. And I bet the, the last like couple miles you were like, all right, I'm almost finished. Like this is a 5k we're finishing in. I bet you felt like, do you, did you feel stronger at the end as you were coming in? I tried, but that my back was so locked up yeah. that I I really was trying. And the faster I moved my arms, the more I would lean. And um, I think that that was just a little disappointing that I, my legs still felt so good. Mm. Like they, they were tired, but I still could have ran. Yeah. Like I really think, but my back just would not stay straight. And so, um, that was just that I will say that was a little disappointing because I, my legs felt, I could have ran, I really could have, but my back just would not, 
it would not allow it. Yeah. So that was a little disappointing, but it was okay. It was still good. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that video of you coming in, when I saw that, I was like, wow, it looks like she's in like 10 out of 10 pain, like a hundred percent. I mean, it hurt, but I would say it just, yeah, everything hurt. My feet really hurt. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to lose a couple toenails once the blisters go away. Yeah. I'm so. sure bombing down mountains will hurt your toes. Cause I mean, your feet are just kind of hitting the top. And what's crazy about the terrain is um, it's a lot of rock and sand. So you're every footing, nothing's like a solid footing. Everything is Mm -hmm. sit, you know, slide. So your feet slides and hits the, you know, where your feet are in your, your toes are in your shoe. So it's just constantly. (laughs) And um, yeah, my blisters are looking better every day. Yeah, can't wait good. to see really how many toenails I lose, but <laughs> yeah. So how many days has it been since you've ran it? It's been. So I finished on Sunday. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, this is day four. Day four. How's the body holding up? It's, it seems to be doing well. I've walked every single day. I mean, goodness, we were stuck in the airport forever trying to get home. So I did lots of walking there. And on uh, Monday when we were before we went to the airport, my mom had never really, um, been to the strip in Vegas. So we had some time. So we parked and we walked up and down the strip. So that was good to get the the muscles loose. Uh, but everything seems to feel pretty good. I'm really looking forward to maybe doing some yoga tonight. Uh, Greg really wanted me just to rest the first three days, but today I looked at my plan and it looks like we're back to training. Sounds fun. Slowly but surely, but it looks like we're back. You know, the the resting is over. Yeah. Yeah. So what is your, like, what do your coworkers or family think about all of this? My family thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> um, my coworkers, they just can't even wrap their head around it. Yeah. Um, I just, I think that's the biggest, they just can't even wrap their head around it because it's a completely foreign concept to them to go out and run distances like we do. Uh, but my family, they, they think I'm just flat out crazy. Which explains I mean, a lot of things, I guess. <laughs> yeah, ultra runners are a little, a little crazy. Um, who in their right mind wants to go run hundred miles? We do. I'm yeah, we do. I mean, it was funny because I was like, during the run, I was telling my friend Kirsten, I was like, I'm never doing this again. Like, never. Don't ever let me sign up for another hundred. I'm done. I'm retired. And then last night I was texting. I was like, is it bad that I'm actually thinking that I may want to do this again? They're like, no, we knew it would only be a, <laughs> we only knew, we knew it would only be a matter of time. And then they were joked like maybe 250. And I said, nope, nope, never do You know, maybe another hundred. Greg has, he wants me to do his, we were talking about it. It's like the, what he calls the triple crown of Utah. Mm. So I've, now that I've done Zion and Bryce, he's like, maybe I could do Ute or bear. And those are extremely difficult. <laughs> like yeah. Bryce is difficult. Those are really difficult. So yeah. we'll see if that ever happens. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So would you do a 200 mile race sometime in the future? Um, You know, I would like, I would, I can't ever say that I wouldn't. I feel like in the next couple of years, it probably won't happen. I have a seven-year-old who's about to turn eight and he's starting to play sports a lot. So I want to make sure that I'm there to support him through his sports. I mean, this training cycle was really hard because he played two sports. My husband is also a high school coach 
um, softball coach and teacher. So, you know, spring is softball season. So I was juggling being a principal, my son playing baseball and soccer. So we had games several times a week. Saturdays were devoted to games. There was practices several times a week on top of my husband not being home. So it was just like constantly trying to figure out when I can stick in runs and workouts. I just don't think that that's something that I could, you know, bite off and chew right now. But as Jackson gets older and maybe more specialized in a sport and maybe if my husband, um, you know, steps away from high school coaching, then maybe one day, but just, it's not the time in my life right now to put that much training in it. Yeah. Adult life, ultra running seems kind of scary. seems like a lot of responsibility. (laughs) I think about that sometimes on my runs. I'm like, man, when I'm like really, really in adult life, it's going to be a lot of responsibilities. I'm sure you're you you got a handful with you know working kid everything like that so but you know what's funny though i find that i do better though when i'm that you know what i mean when i have you know when i ha- i found that i was more consistent with my training knowing that okay i had to take my son to practice and i had to get home and do my workout or or i have to quickly get in a run and a workout and then pick up my son and then take him to practice or a game or drop my son off you know get in a run pick up my son from my husband and then get to a game i mean i just found that i was you know i couldn't wake up at Oh, I have all day to do a run. It was like, no, if you're going to run, you need to get up and go yeah. run now. Or if you're going to do this workout, you have to do this workout now. And so I found that it actually kind of helped me um, stay cons- more consistent. Um, but then again, I'm also one of those people that I do better if I'm over uh, scheduled rather than under scheduled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I do, I do want to say this, this is something that stands out to me. You were one of the most spontaneous and like exciting guests I've had on the show. Just by the way, like <laughs> listeners you. are going to have a blast listening to you. They're going to be like, Oh, this is awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I really do appreciate you, you know, coming on and everything, keeping it interesting, telling us about the Bryce Canyon. Um, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. We ask okay. every guest. Uh, first question is if you could only pick one song for runs for the rest of your life, what song would you choose? See, that's hard because I actually listen to true crime podcasts. Mm. I listen to murder podcasts the whole time I run. Oh, it's just, that's it's a, yeah, no, it's my favorite murder. <laughs> I mean, a sword and scale. I listen to murder podcasts nonstop. Yeah. But um, if it was one song, I think there's just one song that I could listen to over and over and never get tired of. And that's Hotel California by the Eagles. Hotel California. Is yeah, I feel Eagles? like that, that just would set the tone. You know, especially on a long run, it just kind of just, yeah, that would be a good one. It is a six-minute song. Yeah. It sounds Western. It kind of reminds me of the desert. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I'm not going to play the whole thing. I don't want to get, like, copyright striked or anything. So. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll link it in the description. All right. Second question. What's your pre-race day ritual? Um, I don't really know if I have one. Just kind of, just whatever, and then you go do it. I think I make sure that I've learned to make sure that I drink a lot of water. So that's the main thing is that yeah. water's nonstop. Um, it almost was like a pre-week ritual. 
Um, like no alcohol, no coffee. Um, I make sure that I eat nothing but healthy, natural foods, like a lot of smoothies, salads, pure proteins, um, no fried food. So I try to eat as clean as possible that week before. Um, and I just try to stay consistent every single day that it stays the same. And, um, but the no coffee that, cause really, really the no coffee thing was just based off of once you do have caffeine during the race, you want it to actually like hit you good. Um, but I think water is the most important thing. Um, emergency, I'll start taking emergency as well every single day, the week before. Uh, but that's kind of it. Yeah. That's a good pre-race race weeks kind of ritual. Uh, do you know who David Goggins is? Yes. Who doesn't? I did his four, four Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So David Goggins, I don't go a show without mentioning him. It just happens to come up every time his pre-race days ritual. I don't know if you heard, which have you read his book? Mm-mm. It's a really good book. You should read it. I'm not a reader. I don't read books, but I read his book and I, I read, read like horror books. Two, three days. I was in it. Do what? I read horror stories. That's uh, okay. <laughs> that sounds fun. <laughs> but, um, David Goggins pre like before his first ever hundred mile race without training, he went to the gym and did some like heavy, like leg workout the day before this hundred mile race. And he's never ran hundred miles before. Never even ran that many miles. And, uh, you know, people that have read his book or heard his story, he goes out there and by the end of it, he's peeing blood, most pain in his life, all this crazy stuff. Um, so it's good that your pre-race, you know, pre-race day ritual is not like David <laughs> Goggins. A little, um, a little less, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little yeah. less intense. <laughs> yeah. You said you did the four by four forty-eight. That's mm-hmm. isn't that four miles every four hours for forty-eight hours? Yes, yeah. I did that the before my first hundred, but I did it from my house, so I was able to like shower and yeah, you know, enjoy all the luxuries of being at home. But this time, I wanted to do something a little bit more challenging because I knew that Bryce was just so rugged yeah. that I camped all weekend, um, mm. and so I didn't change my clothes. I made sure, I know that sounds gross, but you know, it's okay. So I didn't change my clothes. I made sure that the only thing I ate were the things that I would be eating out there on the race. Um, and so I really just tried to work through all of the things that would happen during the race. And it was, it was really good. It was hard being on a trail every single time um that tears you up a little bit more than just you know running four miles on the road and then a flat road and then coming home so i would say that that really helped um mentally it's not the physical thing it's really not about physical yeah i was tired but i've ran 50 miles before so it was not that big of a deal but it's the mental aspect of building on pushing through when you're tired, working out when there's aches and pains and just knowing that, you know, you have to just keep moving. And I feel like that that was a really good, um, that was a really good weekend that I worked out a lot of things for the race. Yeah, that's good. So I would encourage anyone if they're thinking about running a hundred, put in a weekend of four, four in their schedule, just because it just, it mentally makes you tough. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also a lot of races, uh, specifically the habanero hundred that makes you mentally tough. Um, oh yes. What's that? It's like a 10 K loop, like a lot of times, right? Like 17 times. Something yeah. Like that. And it is, it's hot. 
oh my goodness, it's so hot and it's so much sand. You know, that's just, that's what's so crazy about hundred milers is you can have these crazy mountain races with all of this climbing. And though it can be as equally difficult to a flatter course, but in the dead of the heat, like habanero, you know, habanero, each hundred is difficult in its own right. And each obstacle you have to come overcome. So it's, you know, it's hard when people are like, oh, well, that's, that's a really hard race. Well, that's not not a hard hundred and any hundred is hard, but you just have to overcome so many things like Rocky raccoon. um, You know, that's a, that's a faster course, but it's hard because when you go fast, faster, you know, you don't have the breaks of the big climbs and the downhills. And also it's just the monotony of doing that loop over and over, just like Habanero. It's just a loop over and over. So mentally you got to be tough. Um, so I think that's always just interesting to talk to people about their experiences with all the different hundreds because (laughs) people will, you know, will say, Oh, that's just a really, I think they're all hard for whatever reason. Like, I feel like I had a better chance of finishing Bryce than I would have running Habano or hundred. So I I feel like looped courses mentally are just harder than, you know, Mm -hmm. point to point. Um, But like, that's what I like about doing loops and doing these crazy runs um, Mm -hmm. that are monotonous is that like, you really see who you are um, when it comes down to just like grit, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Because I always said that I never wanted to run a hundred with like loops because I really liked, you know, being out at, you know, Zion was, it was just a course. So, you know, it was just like a big loop. And then Bryce was, it was like a 50 K loop and then it was an out and back. And so, um, but yeah, it's just so different, but you know, I never thought I liked loops, but then I loved the dark and dirty 50 K that I ran a couple years ago. And goodness, that's a five K loop for a 50 K distance. And I loved that. It was like 10 loops and it was just counting them down. And I was like, this is going to be absolutely miserable. I loved that loop. I love that five K loop. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. I heard Dallas dirt runners are going uh, this year to that. It's yes. actually, it's going to be my first 50 K. Uh, but I signed up for it. We're gonna see how it goes. It's like it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Isn't it like a four or five hundred elevation gain, and it's like starts at eight o'clock at night or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's gonna be great. It's so much fun. Yeah, and yeah it's, I heard it's, it's gonna be like a party setting. So it is because you know you have the you can just tell yourself I just gotta make it through this five k loop, and then you're back down at the because there's only one aid station, and yeah. that's where the party's happening. So then you get re-energized, and you're like, I'll see you back in like a five k loop. Yeah. I mean, it's just oh, and then you mentally make notes. Okay, this is the hard part. I'm gonna go this, and then it's gonna get easier, and then this gets hard again. So it's just I loved it, and yeah. it was it was a fun race. Yeah, that's cool. That's good to know. Yeah. And what's cool about this is a lot of people that listen to our podcast, they are from like Dallas area and stuff, but a lot of them live like in other countries or mountain states. And um, when people think of like Texas, they're like, oh, there's probably not a lot of trail running, but it's huge here. It's just, it's, huge. it's, it's probably just as big as the West Coast. And, um, and so People in our area know, like Oklahoma, Arkansas, they they know what we're talking about. But all these other people are gonna be like, "What are these races they're talking about?" But it's like super well known here, you know. And mm-hmm. I think it's really cool. So I I think that anybody listening, if you live like outside of like the South Central United States, you should come down here and like check it out. And I was thinking about this 
someone needs to do a documentary on the Dallas Dirt Runners. Because y'all are insane. <laughs> it would be like, what's that Tiger show? Um, <laughs> you know what t- yes, Tiger show uh, I'm talking about? Yes, the Tiger. Yes. Tiger, Tiger King, King. Tiger King. It would be like Tiger King, but crazier. It would be a documentary of these people who, who are crazy, uh, running all these crazy distances, all the crazy stuff that happens within it. Um, Andrew, what's his name? Andrew Marvin in a robe uh, for his 30th birthday or something. It was a crazy picture. Stephanie uh, shows up with balloons. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we need we need someone to come down here and do a documentary on like Dallas Jerry Runners or something. That'd be hilarious. Um, and a lot of people would watch it, like episodes or something, you know, or just one whole documentary. That'd be really cool. Well, one thing I can say about the Dallas Dirt Runners is we really do, um, we're just like, so accepting to everyone. Like no yeah. one takes themselves too seriously. And if you take yourself too seriously, we'll help you not take yourself too seriously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's always some sort of drama going on. And then, it, you know, there's so, strong personalities and then you have your quiet ones. But one thing I would say is what I love most about this group is that at any moment you go and you post and you say, you want to go and try some sort of crazy challenge. You are going to have a handful of people that will drop whatever they're doing and be like, I got you. How can I help you? You want me to crew? You want me to pace? You want me to train with you? Like, so that's just that community that I love so much. And it's just been so, um, inviting and enjoyable to experience because we've just, I've just met so many great people through that organization and just people that are just good people, you know, they have good hearts and that's just, I think that's just amazing. Yeah. And one of the things that's, that sticks with me is one of the rules in it is give or give more than you take. And (laughs) I was like, wow, like that's, that's, very true and the people in it are very selfless and humble and um i just yeah the group's really awesome and it really is a bunch of really good people so mm-hmm. yeah they're a fun group <laughs> be great it would make a great netflix show i'm just saying so. it would be <laughs> chronically <laughs> the dramas of ddr <laughs> it <does. laughs> it'd be funny but yeah and then um oh yeah i have one more question for you all right what do you love about running? Hmm. Honestly, when it when it comes down to it, what it has done for my mental health, um, it has instilled in me confidence in myself that I can overcome challenges. But that is truly why I get up and I do it. Is it just? the sense of accomplishment and just mentally what it has done for me. And that's why I love it so much is because I feel like a completely different person. I had my struggles before I started running. I mean, goodness, I was borderline alcoholic, um, which is weird because I'm an educator. So that's not, those two don't really go together. Uh, But I just felt kind of lost. And uh, once I found running and really found the trail community, just, the the way I think about myself has completely changed. Um, I mean, I don't go around thinking like, Oh, I'm a badass. Like that's, that's not, that's not my personality, (laughs) but I do know that I can overcome challenges and that um, I'm stronger than what I ever thought I was. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Running. It's like a drug. 
it's a it's but it's a it's a good drug it's a healthy drug unless you like run 100 miles i don't know if that's healthy but <laughs> in general it's a pretty healthy drug and it's something people can um take and go to to get away from other drugs or any addictions that they might have because yes a, and there's a lot of a, addictive mm-hmm. personalities in like the running community and it's good that they take it out on running you know well, we're going to do something to its fullest. You know, we're going to put all of our time and effort into something. It's at least running is a little bit healthier than, I mean, we're still self-destructing. Yeah. I mean, really we're tearing down yeah. our bodies one piece at a time and, but we're rebuilding it, but it just, um, it just, you can see that there's a lot of type A personalities in the trail running, especially in the ultra running, because you have to be a little bit off to be able to put your body or want to put your body through that much pain and torture for extended periods of time, really for what a buckle. Like, I mean, yes, your, your running community are like, Oh, you're so awesome. That's so great. But then there's other people around here. like, that just sounds stupid. (laughs) (laughs) That just doesn't even make sense. (laughs) So it's, um, you know, I was scared when uh, last August uh, when I, I because I was I don't know if you knew or if you read my race report, but um, I was really sick in August um, and I was very concerned because my doctors said that I probably would not run long distance again. Wow. And that was kind of just really hard to hear. Because honestly, I, I was like, well, I'll show them. But really what it came down to is my body was going to decide what it was going to do. And so, um, I was like almost completely lost because I was used to running about every single day. And then when I got sick in August, I couldn't even make it up my stairs or really out of bed for months. And so it wasn't until, you know, December that I was cleared to run, but I really felt, um, like I slid backwards mentally because I, there was nothing like, I felt like I really didn't have much to live for. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I had my son. It was just weird. Like, it just didn't, I didn't feel complete. So it was exciting back in December to get back into the running and be able to push myself and figure out that, no, I'm a little bit stronger. I do realize my body is different now. It doesn't perform like it used to. Yeah. I can, it just, it really doesn't. It's just, I see some things are off, but um I think that if I would completely lose running, I would be completely lost. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, a lot of people can say the same thing and it really is like an an issue, whether it's like a health thing or even injuries, like mentally, it's so hard, like mentally just to deal with, because it's like you're everything. It's what you go to get away. It's what you go to to relax, you know, be with people and it's taken away from you and that's the one thing that you you just want to, to get away. And now you don't have anything to get away to, you know? And, yeah. Um, yeah, it is tough. And so, you know, when, you know, friends are injured or somebody we know close is injured or literally just can't run anymore. I think it's important that we're there for them, that we support them. Um, and then we're checking in on them too, because yeah. I know that like, um, like my running helps me process a lot of the stress at work. So when I, I work out through a lot of my, um, just issues and personnel issues and, you know, conflicts that I'm having at work, that's where I really just process what's happening. So it actually allows me to decompress from work. So I'm able to be more focused when I'm with my family and without that balance of being able to decompress work, I would just take it home and, you know, 
lash out at my husband or my son about it because I would always, I'm not an early morning runner. That's not something that happens. Mm -mm. I'm a let's leave work, go run and then go home and be with the family kind of person. And so, um, when I, when I lost that, it was just really hard to work out all the stressors at work because it was, you know, opening a school in a pandemic (laughs) this year has not been easy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Especially when the pandemic hit, man, that, that put a hole in everybody when the pandemic yes. came. <laughs> yeah. That was tough. But, you know, um, we're back now, though. Cases yes, are we so are. Low. Did you see how low the cases are right now? Insane. Insanely low. I'm, like, super happy with, like, society now. You know, there's no r- crazy riots going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, getting back to normal. It's getting, nice. It seems like we're slow. And I noticed it out on – you know, because um, I noticed it at Bryce, but I also really noticed it at Possum's Revenge at uh, Possum Kingdom the other week. It's just really starting to just kind of be, I feel like we're getting our running world back where yeah. earlier in the year when races were starting, it was just so strict and uh, aid stations. and It felt alien. like Yeah, you, know? you had to think through so many things. And then now it's just, you know, because then it'll be like, put your mask on before you come into the aid station. I'm sorry. That's the last thing I'm thinking about while I'm yeah. running is thinking, oh, my goodness, I have to have my mask on. And so um, yeah. it just it, I felt like this run, I was like, OK, we're it's slowly getting back to normal and I feel like we'll be back to, you know, hopefully fingers crossed and we can just pray that, you know, if the numbers continue to go down and yeah. we can continue to keep doing the things that we love and the trail races that we love. Yeah. Yeah. I hope it, you know, keeps going at the rate it is because it's going up right now. Um, mm-hmm. So hopefully we can keep, you know, growing in the sport and everything like that and keep running, keep running all the races. Hopefully no COVID 22 or something comes out. Um, <laughs> I can't do that again. (laughs) That was insane. If you think about it, though, like we were in a pandemic lockdown. Like we couldn't leave our houses for two weeks. Like, you know how crazy that is? Like, I forget that that happens sometimes. And when I think back on it, I'm like, wow, we lived through that. Yeah, we, it's, I mean, goodness, because you really couldn't leave your house because even if you did, it was, you know, there were saying it wasn't even safe to be out walking your dog or, you know, then you would see someone if you, on the sidewalk, then you would like go out into the road. It was just so crazy. Yeah. So yeah. crazy. And yeah, it's, it's insane to look back on and we're getting so normal. Like looking back, like when I tell my future kids, they're going to be like, what? Like y'all locked down for two, for like two weeks to like a month. Y'all didn't go to work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I, but you know what? We made it through. Um, I, th- I think what's exciting is to see, um, I think through, the pandemic, uh, DDR has grown a new, um, yeah. it has almost rebirthed itself. Uh, we have like the, a new population of peeps coming in and it's just really cool to see them. Uh, cause the virtual races that, that really started a whole lot of people running that now they're over into, you know, doing them in person, but that was really cool to see the community grow, even though we were in the middle of a pandemic through the virtual races. And so that was just really, that was a really cool thing to keep us excited about running. Yeah. And um, I'm just excited to see where we're going to go from here. Yeah. And what's, what's really cool about all of this is I think that we actually, there's more runners, more trail runners in the sport now because of the pandemic. Cause during mm-hmm. the pandemic, people were locked in, they were on YouTube and they probably found like Billy Yang films, gender runner, 
all these like and they were like i'm bored i want to do that you know and so i think them like watching the chill and ultra you know podcast or film stuff like that that's what that's how i found show running i didn't know it existed and then i found ginger runner and i was like running mountains 100 miles through the mountains i want to do that and so i feel like that brought a lot of people into the sport and it's really cool to see and i think the numbers show too like possum's revenge had so many people it was awesome it was awesome and just to see people completing crazy distances that that was that was really cool i was just super proud of a lot of my friends that completed like their first 69 milers or 52 milers or 50 Ks. It was just really excited to see them, you know, suffer, (laughs) but then celebrate at the end. And yeah, yeah, so it it was good, but I would, I just think it's really cool too. Um, I feel like the pandemic caused a lot of people to go out into nature more because we noticed, you know, goodness, you had to have, reservations to get into state parks and so maybe that has you know people are appreciating nature and the trails and getting out and just enjoying the outside more now which i think is important i, I don't like being locked up i'd much rather spend my time outside obviously yeah you know? i'd rather be hiking up a mountain than yes i would much rather yeah. be outside than ugh, be inside yeah <laughs> yeah i really i really wish we had like some huge mountain in Dallas. Like that'd be so nice. Just like someone build us like a 600 foot mountain, please. And just like do some switchbacks up or something. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well until then we'll just go out to cross timbers. Yep. Cross timbers. Cross timbers. (laughs) It is insane. Very up and down the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I love that place is just so, um, it'll always be a special place for me. Just, I love I love cross timbers. Yeah. That's awesome though. Well, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap it up. I appreciate okay. you coming on. Stay on for after I'm going to click okay. it and record, but stay on after. Um, but for everybody listening, thank y'all so much for listening. Um, I'm going to do like an episode, like once every two, three weeks talking about some type of race. So make sure you guys like subscribe to the podcast if y'all want. And um, I'm really excited for, where the podcast is going. We just got some new graphics on here. So I know on Zoom right now for you, it's like Zoom, but like whenever it's edited and everything, it's going to have like cool like captions and stuff all over. So it'll Very be cool. cool. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll be cool looking. Um, but I appreciate you guys being patient with me through this whole process of the podcast and everything. And I'm excited to see where we go. And um, probably post like, it's, it's going to be on a Saturday for sure, probably like two weeks from now. But I appreciate all you guys for listening. Jenny, I appreciate you coming on, taking your time and talking about all types of stuff running. It's probably the most fun I've ever had talking about running. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. It was a lot of <laughs> I fun. Appreciate it. <laughs> I learned but, my day. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you all so much though. And I'll see you on the next episode.